You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. A rock star's guide. Surviving the Malaysian music industry. Alright, yes. Welcome to the rock star's guide to surviving the Malaysian music industry. Man, like we have, you know, a power pack episode this week for you guys and um you know it's gonna be really cool to be able to hear from the greats and this is really what the podcast is about anyway you know it's about equipping ourselves as artists with the knowledge so that we will be able to survive the malaysian music industry okay it's really easy to get into something but it's also very easy to you know fall out of something so you want to know you know the tips and tricks this is what the podcast is about so my name is darren from the band and honest mistake and uh yeah welcome to the show guys this week we talk about digital distribution i know i covered this a little bit you know in the first season but it was just all me this time we have a pro okay he is the main man right here in southeast asia he's from singapore but he is the main man in cd baby southeast asia let's bring him on let's welcome keith tone Hey, what's up, man? Thanks Yo, for having what's me. Up, man? Yeah, always good to you know chat with you for many years. You know, I've I've known you already, and um, you know, we always have great chats, lah. So I think now it's sure. about time we share some of our private chats with other people. <laughs> just secrets. But, in, yeah, in the quotes. secrets. Keith, maybe you can just introduce yourself. You know, like a little bit of your your history. You know, maybe you can talk about like tap days. <laughs> uh, I'll try. So, um, hey, I'm Keith. I, I handle market development in the Asia Pacific region for CD Baby and we're part of their downtown music group, which is one of the biggest independent music publishers and right mass, uh, management groups in the world. And also um, I run a management company and a bunch of labels under the company Slate Entertainment and we're based out of Singapore. And of course, we do business with the Asia region and of course, uh, the US and Europe as well. Right, perfect. Very nice, man. I think let's let's um just kick right in. The overarching like message that I have written here is um, you know, if you are unclear about digital service providers, you know, what are they even called? Aggregators, you know, and there are so many terms for it, you know. So some of us might be unfamiliar with them. So in this episode, we are gonna uncover and deconstruct everything for you, the artist. So I think like Keith, the, the first and you know most basic question is what is a DSP? Like what is a digital service provider? It's basically it's just our own industry jargon for basically a music streaming platform. But of course, uh, along the way, there are other platforms that come into play that are social media platforms that also host music. But essentially, it's uh, the music streaming platforms that everybody knows and loves and are using, like Spotify, Apple Music, and of course, Juke, uh, out in Malaysia as well, right? So yeah. those are your digital service providers, and those are the platforms where your fans or your friends can go uh, actually find your music music and listen to it so those are obviously the platforms you know apple music you know spotify and all that stuff then where does cd baby come into play you know obviously there are various companies there's cd baby there's uh tune call there's um you know distro kit amuse you know that there, there's some that are paid some that are free you know so what are these so uh cd baby is a digital music distributor or some people will call us an aggregator so what we do is we help artists uh get 
their music distributed onto uh, the DSPs of your, basically your Spotify, Apple Music, Jukes, your YouTube music and stuff like that. So yep. our job or our service is to help take artists' music that they have submitted or delivered to us and deliver it to the music platforms because artists or individuals cannot deliver their music individually and directly to the platforms because uh, everything goes through a distributor. So that's yeah. what CDB or a music distributor would do. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure it'd be pretty crazy if, you know, each artist in the world would submit directly to, you know, like Spotify or whatever. I think they'll go crazy. I think that the DSPs will go crazy trying to like service all these people. And I think the artists themselves will go crazy as well because like, you know, you have like too many platforms, okay? You know, out here in Asia, it's Spotify, Apple Music, Jukes, maybe KKBox. Uh, you know, these are the big ones, uh, you, you know. But like there's iHeartRadio, you know, there's like other things things that we've not heard of before that are also available so yeah yeah and to yeah, build man. out those individual pipelines for people to just submit their songs it's near impossible or just near unnecessary just because there's there's a reason why why even when you log on to our, our dashboard and everything we tell yeah. you what are the specs that you need to upload so yeah. that you can get all your music cleared um so if you want so imagine doing it with a hundred different platforms on your own and then going and figuring it out or the platforms have to figure out a way to tell you it's just not it's just not scalable that way so right. uh, working with distributors uh, is probably the easiest way for them and going through a distributor is probably the easiest way for an artist and also at the end of the day uh, I mean it's finding the right deal for you right it's the same exactly. reason as why people think mm. uh, should I have a label or should I do it on my own right yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, talking about like deals. So how can an artist, you know, like a new artist, you know, they, they just wrote a song, you know, they're thinking of putting it up online. So how can they get on it? Yeah. How can they get in touch with an aggregator? So there are, of course, uh, full service aggregators that require a little bit more of a conversation for you to basically get on their service and stuff like that. But there are a lot of um, self-service platforms out there right now. I mean, obviously, CD Baby is one of them. And the great thing about it is it allows you to kind of like, uh, or at least we allow you to uh, set up your account. I think most of the self-service aggregators allow you to set up an account for free. And mm. you can take a kind of like a test drive of their dashboard or and you can definitely take a test drive of our dashboard and see how everything looks and if you're comfortable navigating it and stuff like that. And also see um, which DSPs or music streaming uh, platforms that we're delivering to. Obviously, not all services are equal, but our service actually covers a pretty extensive list of uh, aggregators around the world. Um, right. So not just Southeast Asian, not just global international ones. We are also very uh, focused on bringing on board and making sure all the important regional ones like the one uh, one you brought up KKBox um, just now like it's on our service and obviously in India as well we make sure that all those services are on in Korea and of course in China so those are definitely points to consider when you're picking which aggregator to use especially for the kind of uh, music you're making mm. I think like another important point would be like, I guess the price point as well. Like, you know, like, I mean, you, you've just mentioned earlier, you know, some are free, you know, some are paid. Um, but yeah, I think it's really up to the artists to kind of like do their own research and consider what's what as well. Right. 
Exactly. So yeah. cost is the big factor, right? I mean, of course, uh, right now, I would think that a lot of services are priced at most universal currencies. So mm. I think finding the right service for you matters. So there are some where it's just pure paid. And I guess the promise is you can, with that deal, the promise is that you can keep 100% of whatever comes through. Then there are other versions of where it's a pure split. So they get yep. the highest split point from you. Then, of course, then uh, like for us, we're somewhere in the middle. We're a one-time fee. Basically, it's a one-time submission fee. It's just to pay for the submission. And then after that, for us, we're 91.9. So basically, the artist keeps 91% and then we get 9%. So I think we're probably one of the lowest yep. uh, order. I mean, low isn't necessary. Low or whatever isn't necessarily the, the point of the, the structure. But I think we're probably one of the best deals on the market in terms of like being fair to an artist um, in terms of payouts uh, yeah. or at least the split of things. So, but at least that's kind of like how we do it. Yeah, that's true, man. So apart from, you know, delivering music to, you know, the DSPs, what else could an aggregator do? I mean, like what else, what, what other services do they provide apart from getting your music uploaded to all these stores? Right. So the basic, I guess, if you know, like everybody applies for a job, they get a job scope, right? So the yep. basic level of job scope for every distributor or any distributor that you work with, we all would check the same box in the sense that we deliver your music to music streaming platforms. Then that's checkbox number one. Checkbox number two is which music streaming platforms do we deliver to or not deliver to? That makes a difference as well. And then, of course, finally, the one that I guess are, uh, every artist are very excited to be on is uh, playlisting on the different uh, DSPs or music streaming platforms. So we as a service, uh, CD Baby as a service, and we do have an artist services or we call it a creator services segment or in what we do for our artists. So uh, we do provide that kind of service for some of our more, we call them fast growing artists or artists that are on a really good trajectory and acceleration in terms of their growth. And we definitely want to get behind them, support them and help put more velocity in their growth uh, in that aspect. Right. So like, for example, like how would an artist like get in touch with you guys? I mean, because I know like certain services, you just upload your stuff and that's it, you know? And is, is there like a physical person that you can like contact, you know, or like how, how's the you know, communication process like? Right. So for, I can't speak for everyone, but I'll speak for yeah. us. So basically we have, uh, even though we're technically a US founded and based company, um, but as a group, uh, we're very international. We have a whole international team spread out and based across the world, as far as South America and all the way down to Australia in the group. And of course, myself out here in the Asia region. And so basically for all of us are very contactable. And obviously we have our Instagram handle, uh, which is CD Baby Asia Pacific, that most people would be able to reach out to us on. And we usually will get back to them and we always get back to them actually. Mm. And also one of the things that CD Baby actually is uh, kind of known for within the, our artists and our users is that uh, we have good customer service and actually mm. it's 24 seven. So basically it's not just on US time. Anytime you reach out, so basically within your dash, uh, within the artist dashboard, they would be able to submit and or, or at least 
uh, send in any issues they're facing and there would be someone within the the day that will get back to them. So basically, mm. uh, we have 24-7 customer service because we have customer service reps that are working in different time zones all around. So there's always someone that will come back to an artist regarding their issues and uh, to help them resolve it. Of course, getting back to an artist and uh, taking and, and resolving an issue takes time. So nothing's mm. instant because sometimes we can resolve the issue, but we're not the ones pushing the button. So we need to actually work with the platforms that they're having some sort of, uh, they need to do an amendment with to right. kind of like get the amendment done. And then that takes some time to turn around. But going back to that, uh, there's always someone that they can contact. Right. Yeah. So earlier on, we also mentioned um, playlisting as one of the artist services. Um, you know, how, how does playlisting work and how important is it to be, you know, included into a playlist? So playlisting, just as a general guide for all the platforms, obviously every platform does it differently, but essentially there are two types of playlists that exist in this world. One is the editorial playlist, which is, uh, I guess, as the name suggests, uh, is pretty obvious. It's actually curated by music editors yep. that are working within uh, each of the individual services. So they're curated by humans. So that's mm. one category in a general form. And then the other one is an algorithmic uh, playlist. So that is actually curated by the algorithm of the platform. So that yep. is machine curated. So mm. that's not a human doing it. So how it works is also based on how your track is received. And of course, the one of the more and very important things is that that is why we always stress to artists about making sure all their metadata that they're submitting is clean, not just clean, but accurate so that the machine would be able to absorb what you are submitting and then recommend it to the right listeners for you. Yeah. Otherwise, if the metadata isn't correct, you will be put in front of the right audience and then your track suffers in the end. Mm. So, of course, and then backing it up to editorial playlists, I mean, that is where uh, music is pitched to the DSPs, to the platforms, and, uh, and the curators or the editors listen to your music and then slot your music into the appropriate playlist that they have in their galaxy of playlists that they're working right. on. So does that mean like the people who work in the digital distribution like uh, companies, are you saying that they have direct contact to the DSPs? Uh, absolutely so, just because uh, we are already delivering your music to them. Mm. So we already have a working and direct relationship with all the DSPs. And also uh, they are aware of the artists that we are feeding to them. Mm. Okay, so basically, if you brother with them, then be you got better chances of being playlisted. Uh. <laughs> well, it, de it, it really depends. I think a lot of times that seems to be the impression, but I think a lot of times it comes down, I would tell every artist that everything that you do uh, comes down to still one thing, um, the music and the song. That's why, we're, that's why it's called the music business and not just business business, right? So <laughs> yeah. if the music's good, I think... Uh, a good song is a good song in any context, right? Yeah. So if it's a good song, platforms and uh, like your DSPs and everybody will pick up on it. Fans will pick up on it. I mean, we've even seen songs whereby uh, because the artists just wanted to put it out, they didn't even do much pitching and the DSPs picked up on it on their own. I mean, the editors picked up on it on their own or it was uh, kind of like grassroots supported where fans heard it. They started sharing it and more people started hearing it and they started sharing it. And then it's mm. just undeniable that everybody, every outlet just had to feature it. Yeah, to me, it just it goes back to that. Exactly. It's Very not good. so much tips and tricks, but 
it's about creating good good art and yeah good art always comes out on top at least yeah how that's I, true. I see it. yeah cool so i think like the other thing that um i guess will be quite interesting is that some uh distributors have like you know workshops and stuff like that and i know like cd baby you know you guys like have hosted workshops you know which which i have also been a part of is that the same across the board like with all distributors or you know is it just like certain ones like you guys at cd baby well can't speak for all of them but just based on observation it seems like uh i mean we do that a lot i mean mm. of course uh and for anyone that just goes on to just uh look for cd baby online or the other extension of what we do is the diy musician world uh mm. for anyone that googles that um people can see that cd baby as a company as a brand as a service is very rooted around education for our community and and kind of like developing our community so we're we're very big on educating the community and sharing information about the industry and the business or the community so that the community right. can grow as a whole so mm. be it from just uh releasing music marketing music promoting music from a distributor standpoint or uh, or just promotion and marketing ideas all the way to even if you look at one of our services uh song trust which is a publishing administration service which is like cd baby self-service you set it up and then it's a collection service for your music uh and rights management so basically even that when you look at the blog and the uh and the kind of content that song trust puts out there's a big focus on educating our songwriters and producers mm. uh, or songwriters and producers in general out there about publishing and about uh managing splits for collaborate when you're collaborating with different artists and stuff like that so right. i think as a group i do believe or even as services i do believe uh we're probably one of the more rooted in community development and education service in the world yeah that's true i mean like, i think education is absolutely important because in the music world you know like how do you go about doing things N nobody tells you you just go at it blindly and then hopefully you'll find out like because that's kind of how i did it you know i just followed like you know i talked to guys like you i talked to guys like other bands who are like senior and once have been in the scene longer than i have but I didn't know about all these things until much later, you know, like DIY stuff, you know, everything's up online. You know, one of the sites that I really love going to is Sonic Beats. Uh, that's an old site. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sonic yeah. Beats is cool. You know, I've discovered like a lot of stuff. You know, and these are like people who are like they teach you all kinds of stuff, like you know how to write a press kit. You know, stuff like that. It's, it's really good. But education oh, yeah. is super yeah. important. Yeah, and this is why we are doing this podcast. You know, so for those fellas who prefer to listen rather than read, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, <So. laughs> reading is a tough thing for people these days. I realize so listening seems to be a, an easier option. But yeah, I think the the irony of our business, the the weird thing about it, it is that the rules of engagement in our business is constantly changing it's like one yeah. of the few businesses in the world where the rules of engagement constantly changes and evolves with time versus mm. like if you were like a butcher or, or, or fishmonger where the rules of engagement remain the same it's just that maybe you're selling you now have an online store versus a yeah. physical shop yeah. whereas for music it's like you used to sell cassettes vinyls now you sell cds oh wait a minute then there was md but then that did last very long and then <laughs> suddenly the whole world of internet came over and then after that so interestingly it's a it's a business where everyone's constantly i guess kept on their toes and trying to figure out yeah. stuff but at the same time i do believe that 
it's important that the artist or or the the community in general uh, gets constantly educated on what's happening because that's yeah. the only way that growth happens, right? So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, man, cool. I've got a couple of questions left, and I think this one is is uh, quite interesting. So I have uh, heard that there are distributors. That's the basic deal. You sign up, you upload your song, you know, you you do all of that. But then there are also distributors who are signing artists and um, giving them like uh, upfront fees and stuff like that. You know, so what is that, and how is that different from a label? Right. Yeah. So so let's talk about the deal first and then we'll differentiate mm. why it's different from a label. Yeah. So because the presented deal might sound the same with mm. slight nuances and differences just because it's uh, down to the differences in the business model or and the type of business uh, a distributor is in and a label is in. So let's talk about the deal first. So like you mentioned, there are deals that are being presented to artists uh, or labels for that matter with upfronts or what we call advances. So basically, you're just given the money ahead of time. So you have to cash up front and then that money has to be recouped before you can get paid. So that is the basic logic and mechanics of that deal. So I'll just address also why uh, some artists or labels, let's talk about artists, why some artists would want to take an advance, right? So uh, advance can be useful if an artist needs some resources up front to kind of like fund the creation of the work, right? To fund the creation process, right? Because they need some money to kind of like produce the track, do the artwork, design, and then do marketing or maybe even shoot a video, right? So essentially, they're just taking the money up front so that they can do all that and then uh, essentially paying it back kind of thing. So that is why some artists might need an advance. Right. Then, of course, uh, how it works, different people do it different ways. There's no one way to do a deal. So it really depends on what the artist wants or and needs. And then, of course, it's a discussion with the distributor uh, and or the label. The most important, I guess, fact to understand is that advances are fully recouped. Recoupable. recoupable means that you have to pay it back. So right. usually you don't see your first dollar till you have paid back the, the money that has been given to you upfront. That's why it's called an advance. If you really need it, why would you take it? It's probably because also there's no interest on it. Because if you yeah. go borrow the same money from a bank, you have to pay interest yeah. on it. So basically your distributor all your la- and all your label is basically fronting you the cash and taking a bet on you. Yeah, so then would the uh, distributor then like own the artist? So that's where the difference between a distributor and a label comes into play as well. Yep. The nature of a record label's business is to put out records or to own records or to own music or to sell music. That's kind of like the base level, like we said, job scope of what a label does back in the day till now, right? Yeah. So not all label deals are the same as well again, but of course I can't speak for a label, but in some label deals, there is a chance that you might not own your music in the deal. Whereas mm. as a, uh, for distributors, you always have ownership of your music. Yep. The only difference is in this case, if you've taken an advance, the term of your contract that you have to fulfill or the time it takes for you to pay back the contract that uh, you have signed. That's it. Yeah. But yeah. essentially, one day when everything is said and done, you walk out the doors with all the masters in your hand. So right. uh, distributors... In general, again, there are many different kind of deals out there and it's not a one size, uh, one statement fits all. 
But mm. all I can say for us on our end is that we are never in the business of owning our artist masters. Um, yeah. Or, or in this case, masters means owning the music of our artists as in, in terms of ownership, not yeah. in terms of like distribution. Obviously, we take ownership of the distribution because we're the service that are helping the artists and they've chosen us to do it for yeah. them. But we don't own their music. The artist yeah. is still in full control of it. Okay. So what is the criteria for an artist to take an advance? Well, on the artist side, then it just depends on their situation. But um, I'll speak from a distributor point, at least for our service. In most cases, I think if an artist does fall into that category for us, it's usually an artist that is on a huge acceleration and growth or uh, is already at a sizable place where they just want to grow even further. So, um, of course, with growth comes more investment, right? And that is where all the partners uh, you work with, be your distributor and stuff like that, can come in and kind of like get around you and support you in what you're doing. Hmm. So, for us, where at least where we look at deals and consider such deals, it would be kind of like artists on a good growth trajectory or already growing that just need more juice in their growth or, hmm. or, or at least we know that when we go in there, we serve a purpose and we can we can juice up their growth as opposed right. to just being another check on the table. We're really always very excited and interested in kind of like being part of the process to allow an artist to juice up their growth and we are just there to support them. Very nice, very nice. Cool, man. Sounds good. I mean, I got one last question and, um, you know, I think this is like, absolutely important uh, for everybody to know because... You know, there are some there are some artists who either they are so old school that they still believe in vinyls and cassettes and they choose not to distribute their music online or they just, um, I mean, that, that one is a deliberate choice. But another one would be people who are unfamiliar, right? So I, I know some people who are, who are just unfamiliar with how all these things work. Now, how important is it to have your music distributed online in this era, in 2021, you know? How important is it? 1,878%. I think the thing is, um, as much as we like certain forms and formats of music, it's just, it comes down to answering one very important question. Uh, where are your fans? Are your fans online? If your fans are online, then your music has to be online. Where are your fans finding music? If your fans are finding music on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, KKBox, Jukes, or YouTube Music, then your music has to be there. That does not mean that it's an either-or situation. Oh, it just go 100% streaming and I don't do other formats. But you can still do physical formats if you have a fan base that really is into that. It should be kind of like an end situation where you kind of do it both because end of the day, the number one most important thing in growing a fan base is accessibility. So people need to have access to your music or your art in order to become a fan of you. If they, they don't have access to your music, or they're unable to listen to your music, then they don't know, then they won't know you, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So... Essentially, access is the most important thing in this day and age for the music fan. And the best part of it all with the internet and with music streaming services right now, the playing field is kind of like 
slightly evened out where you can reach out to fans not just in your own country in your own neighborhood in your own district you can reach out to fans almost anywhere in the world as long wherever you're seeing a uh, traction and the best part of all is these services actually give you the analytics to see where your fans are to kind of like start engaging with them a little bit more so i don't see any reason or downside to creating and putting your music on the services and create and giving access to fans to discover you Yep. Perfect, man. I think that that sums it all up, you know, really nicely. It's cool, you know, to hear from an expert like you. So listeners, artists, if you guys are listening in, tuning in, put things into practice lah basically, you know. I I hope everything that has been shared by Keith, you know, has been beneficial for you guys. It's definitely benefited me. I I feel like I've already been enriched, a little bit smarter now <laughs> with the music business. <laughs> Keith, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate it and um there's no better person to have shared what you just shared than you. Oh man, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're always super excited to support what's happening in Malaysia and stuff like mm. that. So we definitely hope to like do more webinars and stuff so that the we can kind of like connect a little bit more with the artists out there, then they can ask questions and you know, and then they can kind of like zone in a little bit better to what they want and want to do with what they're doing. Cool, man. So that's it guys. Yeah. This is the end of the episode and um you know we'll be back again uh sometime soon and the next few episodes are going to be really cool as well just like how every other episode has been. So <laughs> I'll see you guys in the next Rockstars Guide to Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry. My name is Darren from the Van and Honest Mistake. I will see you guys again. Woo!